Yes, sir. Paul said. Let this mind That's right. be in you. Yes. What kind of mind, Paul? The same that is in Christ Jesus. What kind of mind is that, Paul? That's the mind of God. But what kind of mind do I have now? Okay, look at the deeds of your hands and the thoughts that we think and tell me whose mind do you have? I'm going to take a little drink of water. Time for playing games with God is all over. He's very disturbed. God is angry. As it is in Revelations 8 and 18. The nations are angry and thy wrath is come. What kind of wrath is that? See, you talk about when you get angry. Don't, don't mess with me. You don't want to put that over on me because I'm ready. I'm a bad Negro. <laughs> yes, indeed. The wrath. Of God has come. For a long, long time, I had to suffer with this former roommate. Six whole months I suffered. He taunted me, he threatened me, he cursed me, he Sexually harassed me. And he tried to break me. And the God inside of me. Saw it all. Heard it all. Smelled it all. Felt it all. And the wrath of God has come. You know sometimes. Or a lot of times. We don't have to fight a lot of these people. And actually, they're demons disguised as people. They're not real people. They're demons in disguise. And a lot of times, they try to do things to provoke us. And when you know what you're dealing with, you don't have to respond And the way that they want you to respond. And I've learned and God has conditioned me in such a way that I have developed a way of responding in the opposite manner than they expect me to. But sometimes, you know, I do tend to play into their hand and fall into their bag of tricks. 
And I almost found myself doing that in this instance as it relates to this orangutan looking demon who is my former roommate. And for a long time, like I said, he taunted me and tried to kindle my wrath. And I almost surrendered to that. And I had um, just suffered. And right before I moved out this past August, I believe it was, August 2019, I knew it was going to be me or him who was going to get hurt real, real bad. And he had nailed the window shut from the inside as well as the outside. And I had called code enforcement to file a complaint against him for doing that, as well as the landlord. They wouldn't do anything. The police, I called the police. They wouldn't do anything. The landlord, I talked to him the whole six months about him. He wouldn't do anything. The only thing he would say, I'll, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him. And it seemed like that demon had him under arrest in the spirit. And it was nothing done. In my defense, whenever I would talk to the landlord. So he got mad at me for wanting to move out the day that I did move out. As if I was the one who had did something wrong. I wasn't the one who was pulling out my penis, exposing myself and sexually harassing the other tenant. I wasn't the one smoking in the house. And he said he didn't allow smoking. And I'm allergic to the smoking. I can't stand the smoking. And see, the roommate, he was doing it on purpose. And he had said when I first moved in there, I, I go outside. I go outside. He thought he was an old slick talker saying whatever it took to get me in there. Because, see, he had plans for me. He had plans. He had plotted in his mind that I was going to be the one buying him cigarettes. Buying him food, buying him something to drink, having sex with him, and all of this and all that. He, huh, the devil had lied to him, had set him up for failure. And once he couldn't have his way with me, and I meant it, I stood my ground, and I put my foot down, and I wouldn't move my foot off that ground. Oh, he got upset. He got real upset. So that's when he started just smoking 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 and i after uh, so long of that i said well maybe that's a good thing that he's smoking extra maybe that's doing more to put him at risk for getting cancer in his lungs forgive me lord but that's what i said maybe he'll give himself cancer the more he smoke he's putting himself at risk more ever the more ever the more and couldn't even afford, he couldn't even afford to smoke all them cigarettes. He was begging people at the bus terminal. And, you know, right now, because someone had stole my vehicle last year, I've been riding the bus. So he was riding the bus, I was riding the bus. And that's another thing. He trying to get hooked up with me. He was trying to get hooked up with me. He was trying to get hooked up with me and didn't even have a car, a boat, a bicycle. Uh -huh. and 
Didn't even have his own house, but he was always threatening me and telling me, you need to get out of here because I wouldn't cooperate with him sexually. And he really got on my nerve pulling that disgusting, ugly penis, mushy. It was ashy and mushy looking and trying to make me have sex with him. And he would be saying stuff like, you're going to get some of this D. You're going to get some of this D. And... I had told him before I even moved in there, it's not going to be in the hanky-panky between me and you. Do you understand me? Oh, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I, I, once again, saying whatever it took to get me in there. And as soon as I got in there, that's exactly what he tried, some hanky-panky. And it backfired on him. And every time I go to the bathroom, he touching my breast. He touching my butt. And whenever I go to the kitchen, same thing. And he was knocking on my door 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, the first time, wait a minute, because I can't stand to be woken up out of my sleep, especially early in the morning. I can't stand it. I'm real, real grouchy when I get woke up out of my sleep. And the first time, I tried to keep my cool because, mind you, I'm new in the house, right? I'm trying to be on my best behavior. And he was like, um, when I asked him, what do you want? And he was like, oh, I just want to see what you're doing. Oh, I wanted to cuss him out so bad. And I asked him real nicely with while I was gritting my teeth and holding my tongue at the same time, please do not knock on my door early in the morning like that if you don't want anything. Please do not wake me up out of my sleep. Oh, he thought that was funny. And I knew I was dealing with an idiot, okay? Once again, taunting me and hoping he was going to catch me at a vulnerable moment. And he had the nerve to tell me one night, in the house. I just figure. We just help each other out. I need some sex. You need some sex. And we here together. And you know. If I got some food. And I and I give you some food. And, and, and vice versa. And I want to tell that Negro. It's a lot of things that I need. I don't need no sex. And I certainly don't need it from you. If, oh please. If he was the last thing on the earth. <laughs> I think I'd finger and fuck myself. Oh, please. And uh, he he was desperate. He was real desperate. He thought I was desperate. That's what he thought. And he had been trying to hit on me at the bus terminal back when it was cold. Several months before we even got to this point. And I was always curving him. And... I was talking to someone one day and he was ear hustling at the bus terminal. And I was telling them that I had to move because the place where I had just moved, they had bed bugs. And I have zero tolerance for bed bugs. That's the second cousin to the roach. Oh my God. I think between a roach and a bed bug, I take my chances with a roach. Oh my God. Oh my God. Disgusting. Disgusting, right? But anyway. He was like, oh, I got a place, a place where I'm staying. I'm renting a room there, and there's an extra room there. 
and you can talk to the landlord. I'm pretty sure he'll let you move in. And I really didn't want to fool with that dude. And I had just came come back, me and this friend girl of mine, we had just come back from looking at a place, a couple of places, and I was so exhausted. And I needed to move right away. So I was like, well, I'll go ahead and look at the place. And if it looks okay, I'll go ahead and move in. So we went to look at the place, man. Me and my friend girl, she went with me over there. And it looked okay. It was decent. And so I agreed to move in. And, oh, my God, the worst mistake. The worst mistake. And, oh, gosh. So it was just awful from the beginning. And I would be so glad when he was not there. That was the most peaceful time. And I was so stressed out whenever he would come back. And I would be like, oh, I'll be so irritated hearing that front door and him coming back. And fast forward to the day. Oh, April. Back in April, he blew up and just acted a fool with me. And that's another thing. He would walk around with that sheet, a white sheet wrapped around him. And I knew when he had that sheet on, he was naked up underneath that sheet because he had exposed himself to me so many times. And we didn't have a lock on the bathroom door. He was always trying to bust up in there, hoping to catch me naked and just stand there and look at me when he would come in there. And I was never naked when it, when he come in there. And I made a habit of not taking a shower when he was there. I'd wait till he leave and take a shower. And um, on time I go in the bathroom was to pee or whatever when he was there. So he was very disappointed not to catch me in that naked and just standing there looking at me looking like a, a orangutan in disappointment and oh my gosh so back in april as i was saying that's when he blew up the first time and acted a real nut and i think he was satanic and mentally ill wrapped in one and he had this way of holding his mouth a certain way and making this little little gesture with his mouth i knew he was crazy i knew he was crazy and then he'd be flex flinching and flexing his fingers at the same time he was mentally disturbed and it i guess it was like a little tick he had he was just stretching his mouth and showing his teeth at the same time and they'd be flexing them fingers them long orangutan looking fingers at the same time, mentally disturbed, trying to hold that mental disturbance in, but it was involuntarily trying to escape his body. And, oh, he was so big, black, and ugly. I couldn't stand him. He was so ugly. And he was in denial about his level of ugliness. I mean, it, he was extremely ugly. He is extremely ugly. And 45 years old, a loser, looking like he's 89 years old and his birthday might be tomorrow. And huh, just a whole loser. And he just thinks he is the ladies catch. And I think, I suspect, he sits at that bus terminal pretending like he's using the phone. But what he's actually probably doing is taking pictures and recording 
females, butt and front. And when he goes back to that house, he jacks off and, and masturbates. And I could hear him sometimes in that room because his room and my bedroom was um, right beside each other. And he'd be in there, oh, 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 jacking off. Oh, my God. And then he'd be listening to that porn, too, on that old phone, that old cheap phone. And one morning, about 7 o'clock in the morning, he had the audacity to come and sit right in front of my door and play some porn. And he played it loud, too. And I was getting ready. I thought about it. What can I do? How can I... Uh, get this documented because he was really working on the sexual harassment charge and I probably can't still file. Somebody told me I can still file it because based on him exposing himself, it's no expiration date on that. And um, yeah, so I was thinking, okay, maybe I can just ease off of the bed and just yank the door open and record him, catch him on live or whatever go live and i tried to do it but i think he heard me even though he was playing at miss loud he, oh yeah he he called himself real slick i think he heard me maybe those creaks across the floor and he cut it off and went went in his room oh he thought he was real slick so he played this game it's your word against mine prove it that was his game. So whenever I say something to the landlord, he pretend like I was a liar. Yeah, he was playing that game for a long time. So I knew I had to document it on video or, you know, record him saying or doing whatever. But I never could. I never could. He thought it was real slick. He's he's an ex-convict. So he tried to use those little street games to manipulate his way through and over a lot of stuff that he was doing and um tried to make it look like i was crazy and i was the one just making stuff up on him so um he was bringing all these different trashy hood rats in there having sex with them and of course i'm pretty sure he had to pay him and the same ones never came back which lets me know his penis was trash confirming my suspicions and you gotta watch those guys that's always eager to try to get you in bed their penis is likely trash and had the nerve to think he was gonna penetrate me oh police police and okay so back in april as i was saying Okay, he in the beginning he had given me an electric cord and those sheets and some other stuff for the room. And because I wouldn't cooperate with him sexually, oh, he started day by day taking stuff back, taking stuff back, Indian giver. So I was fine. I was fine with giving him his stuff back because I could get my own stuff. And he was giving me the stuff with the underlying agenda. He thought he was uh, making some deposits on this ASS, right? So, okay. So, I had one more thing. I think it was the electric cord in the room. And he was mad because I, I had started just staying out as late as possible. 
I didn't care where I went, Walmart, wherever, just anywhere, just to stay away from that house because I I could not stand being there with him. And plus, I didn't want to get raped. And the more I stayed there with him, the more the likelihood of me getting raped because he, he had them big old orangutan animal planet shoulder blades, real strong in the shoulder blades. And see, it didn't work. So, you know, a lot of these people that don't work, they got a lot of strength and energy built up, right? And I didn't want to risk that, you know, getting raped with all that energy in his body. And man, so, yeah, he, he, I could tell that it was really bothering him. You know, the later I would stay out and come in like around 10, 11 o'clock at night. And then he had even said that. You don't need to go back at that door. And I'm like, excuse me? He actually said that one day, one night. You don't need to be going back at that door. And I said, last time I checked, I was grown. And I am paying rent here, just like you. And I have a whole husband, honey. He don't even tell me when, where, and all of that to come and go. And... It was bothering him because he, he probably thought, you know, he got a one-track mind. He had a one-track mind. He think everybody's mind is on six. Like, he's he, he, um, he's a pervert. He's a predator. And, and those sex demons are driving him crazy. So, um, I just kept on staying out as late as possible. And usually, I come back around 10 or 11, and I could tell it was bothering him. And he was just slamming stuff around and huffing and puffing through the house. And that's when he would go to smoke. And he wouldn't want to smoke till I came. Then there it goes. And then all that smoke coming through the wall over there. And had my clothes stinking. Smelling like cigarette smoke. And um, I couldn't even hardly breathe. Couldn't let the window up. Because it was right there at the street. And, the, you know, the house was in the hood. And I was not going to be laying in there trying to sleep with the window open. Plus, it was the um, summer. And those mosquitoes was real terrible. So, I was just trapped in the cigarette smoke. And the bed was right there at the wall. I was just tortured. And always coughing, coughing, coughing because of this cigarette smoke. And he smoked those worst smelling cigarettes. Though probably real cheap. And man, oh man, so April, getting back to April once again. So as soon as I came back, he's waiting for me. <laughs> he's waiting for me right in front of my door. Okay, we had a little kitchen table and chairs right there in front of my door. And coincidentally, also, we had a uh, air conditioning right in front of that kitchen table and that air conditioning what air conditioner was for the whole house the landlord he didn't have central air and heat in there well he had central heat i believe but not central air so that's another thing he was hoping that i would leave my door open and when it was hot and we had the air conditioning going and Man, he was he he pretended like he was so hot. Yeah, in the beginning he was so hot. 
So he would he would not stay in his room and the doors the way that the doors were situated it was a lot of space at the top and around the sides and the bottom and the air i mean the house was not that big so the air could come through those cracks and the holes not holes but the space around the door and it wouldn't be just a whole lot of air but it was enough and so I would in the beginning I was cracking my door and he took advantage of that. He would come and just get in the bed trying to rub all over me and just knew he was gonna have sex with me. So I started I started just locking my door because uh uh-uh. uh. So um that made him mad the fact that I started locking the door and I had to talk to the landlord about that. He was just knocking on that door and coming and getting in that bed with me. And he had the nerve to start telling people at the bus terminal, as well as my close friend at the time. And she she was mutual friends with both of us. And she believed everything he would say. And I'm trying to, she said she's a Christian. I'm like, why can't you recognize this demon in him? It was nothing I could say about him to change her mind. She just believed everything he said. And she thought I was the one who was, you know, the bad one in the house because of what he was saying. And she wasn't believing me. She's believing him. But this is supposed to be my so-called friend. And I think she pretty secretly had a crush on him. But she's supposed to be this little sanctified Christian, whatever. Fake, fake, fake. She's fake in my opinion. But anyway, um, so... Yeah, he's telling her and other people at the bus terminal that we sleeping together based on, in his mind, he's coming involuntarily, uh, not involuntarily, but against my will and just coming and getting in that bed with me. And that's in his mind, we sleeping together. Crazy. Retarded. So, okay. So, getting back to April, April, April. He's wrapped up in that white sheet when I come back to the house. Open the door, the front door. There he is, sitting parked in front of my door. I don't know how long he's been there, but he's waiting for me. And I am so mad, right? So, I go to uh, put the lock in, I mean, the key in the lock to open the door. I'm not saying anything to him. I, you know, I don't have time for him, right? So, he says, uh, uh, let me get that uh, electric cord out of there. And I was pissed. And I turned around. I said, look, I'm going to give you this electric cord, but I don't have anything else in here that belongs to you. So let this be the last time that you bother me about anything. I don't want to say anything to you. I don't want you saying anything to me. And before I could even finish, he interrupts me and starts screaming and yelling. Look, 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 look. Before anything else, I'm a man. And you going to talk to me like I'm a man. And started cussing and calling me out. kind of B-I-T-C-H's and everything. And I was not going to argue with this idiot. So I just immediately 
called the landlord and didn't say anything and i let him hear all of that screaming all of that yelling all of that jumping up and down like an orangutan out of control and (laughs) i let him get it all out of his system and i only interrupted him to tell him if you put your paws on me if you put those orangutan paws on me you will go to jail tonight and I will be calling the police. And he was like, call the police, call the police. I don't care. Call the police. And when he finished that episode, he really didn't finish. He piped down a little bit. Um, I put my phone to my ear and I'm trying to talk to the landlord. And he's talking, the idiot is talking over me. And so I went into the, my uh the room, the bedroom, and he's still standing outside the door listening, trying to talk and scream and all of that. And I told the landlord, do you hear all of this? I This is what I've been going through. I wanted you to hear this. And he was like, well, I'm on my way over there anyway, and I'm going to talk to both of y'all. And I'm like, talk to both of us. Only one of us is acting a fool and, and violating everything possible as far as how we are supposed to conduct ourselves i think it's him that needs to be talked to not the both of us so when he came over there that's who ended up talking to him him i was not even going to be involved in that and i was not going to be subjected to arguing with him back and forth and all of this and playing into his hand no so from that day i met I am not talking to him anymore. It's no need to talk to him. He he has his room. I have my room. He pays his rent for his room. I pay my rent for my room. And that's another thing. Before we get to this point, um, he thought I was going to be buying him food and he was going to be eating, eating, eating. And I had to put my foot down about that. And... The first day, he bought some food, some chicken and potatoes and sweet tea or whatever. And that was just a sweeten me up and butter me up. And I cooked the food and we ate at the table and everything. And I'm trying to be civil towards him, but I, I learned real fast. He's a manipulator and he does stuff like that to reel you in. And then he tries to use you. That's the, that's what type of... and see. That's the type of person he is. And then he thinks those old school street games, they are um, rubbing off on everybody. No, 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 no. Those are old street games that only work in certain low class circles with people that don't have a, a high IQ. I'm a very intelligent woman. And that was his first mistake. And he has some kind of, limp in his walk and in his back and he told me in the beginning he was getting some type of disability check and i asked him who who was his disability and the only thing he said um he had a hurt back and i later discovered and you know a lot of people they don't tell you the whole story so um i was talking i formed a rapport with one of the bus drivers and she couldn't stand him either she couldn't stand him either and he was trying to hit on her he's trying to hit on every female that crosses his path and then nobody with good sense wanted 
and they didn't stop him from trying so okay so she tells me one day right before she retired she was very nice uh older black woman in her maybe in her 50s i guess she was very nice and she told me one day that he had gotten that limp in his back and in his legs because he tried to steal a truck and the police shot him as he was trying to get cross over a fence to get away and that's how he got that limp and he didn't tell me that part see and um so he started getting i guess disability uh, checks every month and i don't know how much it gets but i don't think it's that much because by that second to third week of every month i noticed there was a drought he was experiencing a drought and what i mean by that he couldn't get them cigarettes like he had been but that first second week oh he was smoking like a chimney and i'd be so glad when that third the last week of the month would come around because that smoking was kind of piped down he wouldn't be able to smoke that much so um and the food also he couldn't even buy food when i first came it was nothing 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 in the refrigerator not even a box of baking soda like most people have and the refrigerator if nothing else and he lied he was a habitual liar and he lied to me when I asked him why wasn't there any food or drink or water, nothing in the refrigerator. He said, oh, I cleaned it out a few days before you moved in because I had went to go visit some friends down to Mississippi. And I didn't want, want nothing to spoil or be stinking in the refrigerator. Just lying. He was a terrible liar. The Negro never had any grocery. And when I was there, he may have bought some ramen noodles. And oh, that was another thing. He had a bad habit every day getting up like he was going to a job. And he lied to me. He said he had a job working at a church. He even named the pastor. I think he made the pastor's name up in his head. He had an imaginary job. And I had to tell him, look, Negro, when we had our little spat, Okay, working at the church and begging at the church is two different things. He was a begging Negro at the church. He went, he had a schedule, morning shift and an evening shift to go beg. Big, 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 big overgrown begging bum. And had the nerve to be up in some woman's face with his dusty, ugly butt. And can't even feed himself. And, and, and want a woman? Excuse me, sir. And, Oh my gosh, in the morning, he would get up about 8, 8.30. And in the beginning, he used to take showers. Then he stopped taking showers. He may take a shower maybe once a, once a week. But it, would he want to jump up and down on a woman? Oh, oh please. And who the trash they was bringing over there, she, they was probably sucking on that disgusting, unwashed, mushy, ashy penis. Ooh, disgraceful. Product full of SCD and whatnot. So anyway, yeah. So in the morning, he would get up like he's going to a job. Same time every morning, about 8, 8.30. And he's riding the bus to go to the 
a bus terminal, sit up there, and sometimes he'd go to the churches. Most of the time, he'd go to the churches to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so he'd come back every day about the same time, by 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Then he'd leave back out about 1.30 in the evening. Yeah, he had two shifts. And he'd go to those churches in bed and uh, the shelters, I guess. He'd go to make his round and go there and bed and eat free lunch and breakfast, I guess, and dinner. And he'd go to the food pantry sometimes and get groceries from there and whatnot. And then he'd be begging for cigarettes and loose change at the bus terminal. I even seen him one day begging a bus driver. And the bus driver felt sorry for him, I guess, and gave him some change. I said, this is pathetic. And he'd be across the street. There was a gas station. I guess they let him clean up and take out the garbage and sweep around the gar- uh, excuse me, around the gas station for whatever scraps because they had hot food in there whatever scraps they had left at night or in the morning. I guess he was doing that for that. Pathetic, pathetic, pathetic. So, and then he had a, he had a habit of following me every time I go to the uh, bus stop. Oh, he all of a sudden, if he was there, even if he had just come back, all of a sudden he wants to go to the bus stop too. He wants to ride the bus too. He was following me and he had even told me that in the beginning. That he was watching and following me. But he made a joke out of it. I knew he was serious. Because I had even noticed it before he even said it. And then my friend girl. The mutual friend that we had. She told me one day that he uh, asked her. Has she seen me? This was after mind you. This was after I had stopped talking to him. Back in April. So he has no business asking. About my whereabouts. If I'm not fooling with him. And he's not supposed to be fooling with me. What? Why do you want to know where I am? And then she told him that I had uh, gotten on the bus or whatever. And he got on that same bus looking for me. And I saw him that day. And I thought that was kind of odd because he very rarely rides that particular bus. And there he was. Almost every time I get on the particular bus, he would coincidentally get on the same bus. He was stalking me. He's crazy. And, oh my gosh. And I see him at the bus terminal. He'd just be staring at me, staring at me. I, if I went to the back, he'd go to the back. If I go inside, he goes inside. If I go, it didn't matter. And, but he tried to make it seem like it was all in my head when I told the landlord that that's what he was doing. And so, okay. So, um... The day that I finally moved out of there, he was upset because I had called code enforcement and I had gotten a ride or Uber back over there to that house. And he was walking down, walking down the street a little couple of feet away from the house. The day that I got my ride to uh, come over there because I was already planning on moving anyway. And... I was hoping that he was going to be gone because it was like 4, 4.30 in the evening. And he's usually gone at the sitting up at the bus terminal at that time. So he was just leaving out, walking down the sidewalk. And then when he saw me, 
He saw the car, I think, pulling into the house. And and if I had been thinking, I would have told the driver to just drive down the street. Because when we pulled into that driveway, that's what caught his attention. Because he was right there at the corner of the house, walking down the sidewalk. So he turned around. I was so mad when I seen him turning around. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go. So... Okay, so he just stops and comes comes to the uh front of the house and just looking at the car. And, oh my gosh. So, a few minutes later, he walks around the car, just checking out. And I'm like, okay, if this guy, the guy that was driving as my Uber, if he was about that life, you know. And I'm pretty sure if he's pushed, he could be about that life. He could have just blasted him and gotten away with it because, you know, our state is a stand your ground state. And you can't be just walking around somebody's car and all that kind of stuff like he was doing. And he even had the audacity to come and approach the guy's window on the driver's side, knocking on the window. Who does that? Somebody who wants to die. That's who does that. Ugh. Who does that? And the guy is like, what is wrong? He's asking me, what is up with this dude? What is wrong with him? And I said, he's a nut. He's a nut. And it was so embarrassing to me because that was the first time that that guy had ever given me a ride. And, huh. I can't blame him after that. And I kept apologizing. He was like, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Don't you know he changed his phone number so I can never, ever, ever call him again. I can't blame him. I can't blame him. That was so embarrassing. So I ended up, uh, oh my God, it was like, and he was nice enough to wait with me because I had to call the police and because he he was confronting me when I got out of the car to go towards the door of the front the front door of the house to go inside. He was confronting me, walking all up on me, and I told him, Look, get away from me. I have told you to stay away from me. I have told you to stop talking to me. I do not want to talk to you. I don't want to have anything to do with you. And he was like where the code enforcement came over here, they said the wind is bang. And he was mad because I had called code enforcement. So he wants to confront me about that. I had every right to call code enforcement. And, you know, if he had any issue with it, that he's supposed to be talking to the landlord, not me. And so he's just all in my face, right? So I said, okay. Since you won't voluntarily get out of my face and honor my request, I'm going to call some of these white boys. Maybe they can get you out of my face. So, make a long story short. Okay. So, I sit in the car. And the guy, he was nice enough to let me sit in his car and wait on the police. And we even rode up the street uh, on the other side. Not almost on the other side of town. Because he had to go pick up his nephew and take him to work. And I felt so bad for him because he was being so nice to me. So, 
By the time we get halfway on the other side of town, the police dispatcher calls and tells me that the police is there. And I said, okay, we can be there um, in a few minutes. So the guy agreed to turn around and go back to the house. So the police is waiting for me. When I get there, oh, the roommate, the orangutan looking roommate, he's all in the police face. And... I was not even going to get out of the car until he moved. And the police saw him and I, I was waving at them and telling them, letting them know that it was me that wanted to talk to him. I call. And so the police, it was two black policemen. And they were like telling him, okay, go in the house. We don't want to talk to you. We want to talk to her. And he was all in their face saying, she's a liar. She's a liar. She ain't going to do nothing but lie to y'all. And they kept telling him repeatedly, go in the house. We don't want to talk to you. We want to talk to her. And he was just jumping up and down like an orangutan idiot, demonic idiot. And just determined to, to let himself be heard and just would not obey the police. And I wanted them to pull out the stun gun, pull out the baton, pull out whatever it took to take his butt down and he was clearly doing everything to get a butt whooping by the police or worse and had that been some white cops more than likely he would no longer be here with us and okay he asked for it so anyway Okay, so he finally, after about five times of the police asking and telling him and demanding that he get out of their face and go in the house and leave the situation alone, he finally, finally went in the house reluctantly, but he was still standing his orangutan face in the blinds. I saw him. Uh, he had the blinds wide open looking out there. And I said, this dude is sick. And I told the police, I'm so glad that you got a chance to see all of that. Because that's what I've been dealing with. And I went down briefly the whole list of things that I've, that that's been going on between him and I. And what caused it to get to uh, the place where we are to that day. So, okay, the police says, nothing they can do unless he puts his hands on me. You know, it's nothing that they can do. I said, this is harassment. Even with him pulling out his penis and all that. And I was like, well, there's nothing they can do. But what it boils down to, they use their discretion. It's up to the police discretion to enforce the law, period. And they didn't want to enforce it. So I was very upset about that. But I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to move out anyway. So after that point, I'm gone, right? I'm gone. And this girl, she came and picked me up. And um, it was like an Uber. She came and picked me up, helped me move my stuff. And I was so glad to get out of there. So I was still seeing him periodically at the bus uh, terminal. And he had this little smirk on his face and telling anybody that would listen, oh, I got her out of there. I got her out of there. And he's just thinking he's really doing something, right? And I had already paid my money for that week because I paid weekly to stay there. And the landlord, he would not give me my money back, even though he said that he would. He reneged. He lied. And I've been thinking about taking him into court for the money. 
I'm just standing basically on principle. And, um, you know, it was real dirty how everything went down. So, yeah, that dude, he was telling a lot of people all kind of awful lies about me and telling people that he made me get out of there and all of that. He kicked me out of there like it's his house. He don't even have a house to put me out of. And telling people that I'm crazy. But he wasn't telling them the other side of the story. So that's where I came in. I, I was glad to tell him. But see, when I respond to what he was saying, he gonna make himself look like the victim and make it look like I'm harassing him and run his butt to the police and all this kind of stuff. And see, he had a little helper who hid her little satanic hands the landlord had a assistant or a partner. Her name was Lisa. And he the roommate, he had already told me that Lisa was real closely affiliated with the police department in some fashion. I never met Lisa. Lisa was always the phantom in the dark. But he had a close relationship. The roommate had a close relationship with Lisa. He could always call Lisa. And Lisa was giving him little tips and telling him what to do. Yeah. So I think that's how he got out of going to jail that day when I called him. Lisa had already probably called and arranged things and told them to stand down. And I'm like, this Lisa has a whole lot of so-called power, right? And there was a black Camaro coincidentally parked a couple of feet away across the street that day. I think he had called Lisa, and I think that was Lisa in that car. But the car had tinted windows, but it looked like a female driver. It was just one person in the car. And the next day, that same car was parked right there again. And I'm like, what is up? I think that was her. But nevertheless, okay. So, <sighs> this dude has been just running his mouth. Just running his mouth on me. And every time he would see me at the bus terminal, he's got that little smirk like he's done did something, you know, so big. You know, by causing me to get out of there. Yeah, it was a little inconvenience, but I wanted to get out of there anyway. And I really did feel like the way that it happened, it was real, real dirty. And he should have been the one to leave. He should have been evicted a long time ago. And I really want to do some real dirty stuff to him. It had been on my mind, especially with the way that he was talking and talking all this crap about me to different people. And they were coming to me, telling me what he was saying. And I'm like, okay, I've, I've left the house. That should be the end of it. But he's still trying to provoke me. So in my own little way, I was really thinking about a lot of dirty ways to get him back and, and put him in this place, right? And I was thinking about some real dirty stuff. But you know what? 
it was someone I heard talking to me. Well, they weren't talking to me. They were talking in general, but I felt like it was a personal message to me. Someone on YouTube had a video and they kept saying, you know, God is not pleased with, you know, you trying to handle things on your own and that's evil. That's wicked. And I really, I really took that to heart these last few days of listening to that. And I was feeling like, you know, I don't even need to do nothing to this dude. He's already done. He's already half dead. He's, 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 he's a demon. So I'm going to be hurting myself more if I try to seek revenge against him or whatever. I'm God. I'm, I'm, I'm a godly woman. I'm a godly person. This person is a demon. So he's already done. And, um, I'd be hurting myself more if I try to, um, you know, get entangled with that same demonic energy and fight a demon with that same demonic energy no 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 so make a long story short i was really pressed about this these last few weeks i mean i was really pressed about it and i really felt a certain kind of way by him putting his mouth on me and talking all that smack about me to people. And some people listen at that mess. You know, they don't know the difference. Because so, certain people have a way of really manipulating things. And making themselves sound so believable. And, you know, they'll be looking at you. Other people who listen at that, they'll be looking at you in a certain way. You know, like something is up with you. Instead of the person that's doing the talking. And that was the case. And I felt a certain kind of way about that. So, to yesterday, one of the people who he had been talking smack to about me, she coincidentally rode the same bus as me. And she told me that he told her that the landlord told him he got to find another place to go because he's tired of him running other people away from that house. He had gotten another roommate. I'm guessing it was a guy because that same girl had told me that he had gotten another roommate and she thinks it was a guy, but I don't know who it was. And already that guy the roommate has left. He had a little altercation with the orangutan looking roommate, former roommate. And that person is gone now. That was very short lived, that situation. And I was like, wow, are you serious right now? Are you serious? And see, before I had left that week leading up to me leaving, the orangutan looking room, a former roommate, he had the nerve to get a piece of paper and write room for rent and some numbers of people who rent rooms up under that room for rent title and tape it onto the refrigerator. 
I told the landlord about that. He was only upset because he felt like he's bringing other people's business into his home and he was going to talk to him about that. He didn't appreciate that. Never mind the fact that he's being disrespectful and antagonizing and trying to provoke and harass me with that note on the refrigerator. So I'm like, wait a minute. Now, that same note that the orangutan-looking dude put on the refrigerator, he's going to have to use that same note to find him a place to stay. He's getting kicked out, and he had tried to kick me out of a place he didn't even own. <laughs> the irony. Yeah, God will fight your battles on your behalf. You don't even have to touch these people. You don't even have to speak their name. Just let God handle it. And it's very, very dangerous. I've said it time and time again. And it reigns to be true. It is very dangerous to mess with a child of God. And I am a child of God. God knew God knew what I was going through with that dude. He heard everything that that dude was doing to me and saying about me. He felt my pain and anguish. And he heard my cry and saw my tears. He saw it all. He heard it all. He felt it all. He's inside of me. And you think you're going to get away, speaking in general, you think you're going to get away with harming God's children? Oh, no, you're not. Oh, no, you're not. God will spank that booty in public. Oh, yeah. And ain't nothing you can do when you get in the ring with God. (laughs) His orangutan paws and arms are too short to box with God. Oh, yeah. And he thinks he's a man. And he can do this and he can say that. Uh-huh. When God coming in, into the picture. And he's always in the picture. He's going to shut your adversary down every time. He'll let them go so far and think that they big and bad and tough and out of sight. And, uh, yeah, he'll put them in the headlock for you. And you don't even have to touch them. You just watch them get crushed by the hand, the mighty hand of God. Yeah, God has fought my battle on my behalf and I am grateful. That orangutan is down, 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 down goes Frazier. Yes, indeed. And... I bet he won't be giving me that smirk look on his face anymore. That old ugly face won't be giving me that smirk look anymore. As a matter of fact, I hadn't even seen him at the bus terminal. He's too ashamed. He's too ashamed. And where would he go now? Why would he be acting a fool when he barely got a place to stay? See, he took it for granted. The landlord let him get away with too much and he set his own self up for failure. Idiot, idiot, idiot. Now, where will he go? I don't care. I don't care where he goes. I'm just glad that he's away from me. And God has fought that demon on my behalf. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yes, indeed. Now, the tables are turned. And that demon is shook. Shook. Ha <laughs> ha!
Yes, God. Mm-hmm. Thank you, God.